Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast, where we look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of a songwriter. Each week, we make a connection with a music maker, listen to their songs, and hear their stories. From Nashville, Tennessee, here's your host, Dave Ledahan. Boy, do we have a music maker for you today. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Do appreciate the, uh, the listen and the download and, and the fact that you sh- share this around and that you like and sub- subscribe. We do appreciate that. It's a growing podcast, and uh, that's all thanks to you. Well, let's get right to it because I want to introduce our guest. Our guest today is one of the most amazing voices in country music. Um, you could say that his voice amazes me, but I won't say that. That's a cheat. <laughs> <laughs> He's a songwriter, a Grammy Award winner, uh, numerous gold and platinum records. He has charted 20 singles in the country charts, six of which have been in the top five. One amazing, there's that word again, amazing song all the way up to the top. And um, he's just, uh, he's got an incredible new record that's out now that I think the world needs to hear at this point. We're going to talk about that and his remarkable journey. Uh, Welcome John Barry as our guest. Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing great. Good to see you. Good good, good to see you. I've got a John Barry story to start, okay, from back in the radio days. Was that all right? That's a good one. So I'm doing uh, afternoon drive in Cincinnati. And our, our midday gal, Don Michaels, was the music director. And um, I was out with clients all day, and I couldn't shake free. But you came on our show, played some songs. And uh, we always did a little crossover the last break of her show before I started mine. And uh, so she flips on my mic. She goes, did you hear my guest today? And I said, I heard John Barry was here. I'm really jealous. I said, I tried to get here because I wanted to meet John. Um, I'm a big fan, and I'm just so sorry I missed him. So... Um, go to the break and start my show second song into my show the hotline rings and when the hotline rings usually it's the boss because you did something wrong right huh? i pick up the hotline and i hear dave this is john barry and i went john how you doing he goes man i was just you go i was just listening to you and don and i gotta tell you i'm sorry i missed you too and i just wanted to call and say hey and we'll get together next time i'm in town and i'm like who does that <laughs> I was so amazed, uh, and uh, and you just made my day. Well, your radio, show, your radio show amazes me. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, Bob Dylan told me never drop names, but we had we had Kent Blazing on the show last week. It was the Hall of Fame songwriter. Oh yeah, he's awesome. And we were talking about change the world type of songs, you know, um, and that there's kind of a lack of them out there today. And he said, I call them pull off the side of the road songs. And I have to tell you, I started thinking to myself, one of the real pull off the road, and actually, I actually had to do this. I was, I was working in Kentucky at the time at a little station. And when I first heard Your Love Amazes Me, I did. I had to pull off the road. I just couldn't believe that song, the power in that song, what it was saying, and the rhymes and the things like, you know, the moon and all its phases, Your Love Amazes Me. Who thinks to write that kind of thing. I know you didn't write that song, but there's got to be a story behind that. Yeah, Chuck Jones and Amanda Hunt Taylor wrote that song. Mm -hmm. And the first time I heard uh, that song, it was on a a disc of maybe 10 or 15 of Chuck Jones' songs. Mm -hmm. I recorded a handful off that. Yeah. Out of of that collection. And But when I first heard Your Love Amazes Me, I said, thank you. I'll take that one. (laughs) That one right there. And they said, well, actually, Tanya's got that on hold for her next record. Oh, boy. And we were both on Capitol Records at that time. That's right. And uh, so I, I told Herky, Herky Williams, who was my, my A&R guy there at the time, uh, I told Herky, I said, when, if for some reason she don't want to use it, 
I'm, I'm please, I'm first in line, okay? Right. He said, well, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. That's such a great song. Well, sure enough, she she turned her record in, completed several weeks later, and it wasn't on there. Wow. And mine was in the can because we had already cut it, <laughs> um, Thinking hoping yeah. that we might get it because we actually went, we cut the, it's really funny, my wife couldn't even recall this happening, but we, we went to a little studio just off of, 17th or 18th or across from uh, to the side of Acuff's old studio okay and uh, and we, we we did some record we, we cut Kiss Me in the Car yeah great song and uh, Your Love Amazes Me and one other song just to sort of see where we were at mm-hmm. and we kept Kiss Me in the Car and Your Love Amazes Me from that from that test, session that test session wow so to speak that's incredible and uh, so we we uh we we knew well. I I knew for years we had something with that song because yeah. I was playing that one when I was playing clubs in Athens, Georgia. Yeah. Before I before I ever got my deal, and um, just a great piece of music. And uh, so we, uh, when Tanya turned her record in completed, and your love amazing your love amazing was not on there. We had a collective cheer. Yeah. <laughs> and and. Uh, and then, of course, went on with it. Of course, the, the price I pay is every time I see Tanya Tucker, she reminds me <laughs> that I owe her a hit record. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so you know, she and that, she actually recorded. She actually included. I think she must have cut the song, mm-hmm. but didn't include it. But mm-hmm. later included it on her greatest hits record. Okay, so she does have a version. Yeah, she, and it's yeah. on her. And she did a tremendous job. Of course, yeah. of course, she's Tanya awesome. Tucker, right? Yeah, yeah. she's awesome. Yeah, she just she does. Really she does what Tanya does, and, and yeah. she is great. Right. And, yeah. So it's, a, it's and it's one of those songs that if she had put it out, it would have been a hit. Yeah. If Alan Jackson had put it out, it would have been a hit because it was one of those songs that was a hit song. The singer, I don't think, made a difference. Oh, it's, I, it's such a great a piece of music. Yeah, I'm glad people like my version. I'm glad I had a hit with it. Um, Andy Childs has got a great version that came out. Yeah, uh, and then also uh, Michael English did a version. Christian Christianized Christian it a little bit, yeah, and yeah. Uh, just put a little faith twist to it. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those great, great pieces of music. I'll take another, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'll take three more minutes of that. <laughs> Any chance we can talk you out of playing that? Yeah, man. Because mm. we'd like to start with the song, and uh, oh, hate to put you on the right. spot, but you uh, you've got to be able to play that one, right? Yeah, Mention every every show you ever do, you've got to do that song, right? Oh yeah, man. It's Seven wonders of the world. I've seen the beauty of diamonds and pearls, but they ain't nothing, babe. Your love amazes me. I've seen a sunset that could make you cry. And colors of a rainbow reaching across the sky The moon and 
all its phases, but your love amazes me. Don't you ever doubt this love of mine? You're the only one for me. You give me hope, you give me reason. Give me something to believe in Forever faithfully Your love amazes me Your love I prayed for miracles that never came I got down on my knees out in the pouring rain But only you could save me And your love amazes me Don't you ever doubt this love of mine You're the only one for me Give me hope, you give me reason You give me something to believe in Forever faithfully Your love amazes me Your love could save me and your love amazes me wow the incredible voice of john barry our guest on the songwriter connection podcast thanks for tuning in um wow i mean you know what i love about that song is how when you go to uh, the chorus of that song it starts on a, on a minor key doesn't it, it goes to that b minor yeah. Uh, position and uh, it's just it's just beautiful it's just, that's genius songwriting yeah go Chuck go, go Chuck Amanda. Hey, Chuck and Amanda yeah Chuck is the he is a, a guitar playing fool he's from Memphis he's got uh-huh. that soul thing going on that it's just unbelievable. He just, you know, he wrote the song "You and Only You" also that I had a hit with the wow. number two record. And, Another great one, and uh, just a great melody. I love to sing, and but it's just he's got those core. Matter of fact, he's he's got little instructional videos online. <laughs> he, he, he said, "Let's take the guitar solo in such and such a song today, or whatever it is," and he'll show people how you play it and stuff. It's like wow. I've got to check that out. Absolutely, awesome. <laughs> great, great writer, great musician. Yeah, if you're not familiar. Google Chuck Jones. He's written some great songs. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. As, as an artist, um, you get a hit with a, a big hit like that with a, with a certain songwriter. Are, you're more likely to go back to that songwriter. You want to hear more of what they have, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you want to be... That's just pretty common sense to be able to... What else you got in the pocket yeah. there? Yeah. What's in, your, what's in your shirt pocket there? <laughs> we struck gold yeah. once. See if we can yeah. do it again, yeah. right? What's on that cassette tape you got right there? <laughs> <laughs> How much uh, choice does an artist uh, today have in choosing what songs are on the records? Oh, I don't know. You don't I have know. no idea. Yeah. Um, my my uh, and here where I'm at, I'm, there's a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I, I cut what I like. So back in the day when you were recording for Capital, when I was cutting for Capital, I, I mm-hmm. had I, I was pretty. They respected what I had to say. I mean, they they were pretty straight up. 
me and Chuck Howard, who produced all the songs that everybody's heard me do on the radio, and um, uh, even even when I went to Lyric Street and Mark Spira was producing, uh, they were real adamant about this song that mm-hmm. Gary Burr had written. I've, I've recorded a lot of Gary Burr songs. Gary does a great song. And uh, yeah, uh, there's a song uh, I, th- I think Gary wrote this one called "Until I'm Loving You." Mm, don't know. And um, I'm like, man, that song. I, I listened to it a couple times. That's, that's, that's really dark. I, I don't know if I'm. Mm. But I'm so glad I cut that song. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I wish I could play it for you, but it's yeah. a piano-driven song. And yeah. I don't. Even, I've never even played it on guitar. I got to get a piano but in here. It's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful melody. Yeah. And uh, just a, a great, great song. And mm-hmm. um, and the message in the song is just really awesome. It's really and it's one that I was kind of talked into doing by the folks at Lisa. And and they were very good. They were very kind about it, and mm-hmm. they weren't forceful in any way. They were respectful about it, which was nice. But just they kept asking, "You sure?" You don't want to take another look at that one. Would, would you, one more time, would you take another look at that one for me? Yeah. You know, and, and I ended up cutting it and mm-hmm. on Wildest Dreams. Now you, it's a great, great song. You're a songwriter yourself, and, and you cut a well, few that you've written. I, I, get, I get songwriter's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I keep them alert. And, uh, so, no, but you've recorded some of the stuff that you've written. Yeah. I, I, I Changed wrote, my mind, right? Didn't you? Write? No, no, no. no uh, uh, standing on the edge of goodbye. Standing on the edge of goodbye. That's standing right. on the edge of goodbye. I had that. Chorus. That was a great song. Yeah. Well, thank you. I had that chorus for about a year and a half. Yeah. And matter of fact, we were on tour with Reba McIntyre. Mm-hmm. And every day at Soundcheck, the crew guys would go play that standing on the edge thing. Because huh. we'd play it every day at Soundcheck. We'd play it through that chorus through over and over and over. And they they all, they kept wanting to hear. It. And then I played it for one of the A and R guys. Mm-hmm. That was a visiting a radio station. And uh, and Bill Catino from Capital. We he and I were talking one day while we were waiting for the radio station. He said, "What are you going to play today?" I said, "I don't know." He said, "What you working on?" I played him "Course Stand on the Edge Goodbye." That's all I had. Mm. He goes, "He said, oh my god." He said, "When are you going to finish that?" And um, I had it for like I said about eighteen months or so. And got together. Chuck Howard said, "You need to get together with Stuart <laughs> Harris." Stuart Harris wrote No One Else on Earth for Winona and a bunch wow. of other great songs. Yeah, wow. He's got that got that vibe to it, you know. And uh, got together with Stuart, and I played it for him, and 45 minutes later, we were done with my second number one record. Wow. Yeah. That so, is a cool story. And, uh, yeah, so it yeah, yeah. just took that right extra pair of ears uh-huh. to listen to what I had and uh, to wrap it up, you know, so. That's magic when that happens yeah, in, yeah. in a half hour, and, and 45 minutes. It all came about from a conversation with, with a friend yeah. who said, man, I feel like I'm standing on the edge of the driveway looking for somewhere else to go because I'm having trouble at home. Oh, man. And that's standing on the edge of the driveway mm. turned into standing on the edge of goodbye. Wow. And that's a great song. It really Thank is. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of years ago, my wife Patty and I, uh, we attended uh, a benefit for you um, and a tribute to you. Um, at uh, City Winery, and it was just a real special night. Um, I got chills, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, we did too. Uh, there were so many. It was a who's who in country music. Was, from Trace Adkins to Travis Tritt and uh, Oak Ridge Boys, and, and I'm going to leave them out. Um, but and even Trisha Yearwood and her husband, uh, what's, what's his name? Um, Gar- Garth. Garth, some Garth and Trisha yeah. showed up. Yeah, wasn't that that had a, Clint Black? Clint Black was there. That's right. Just it was exile. Un- it yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah, it re- it was Vince just, Vince Gill. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So 
everybody, like I say. And then uh, then you played a couple of songs. It was just a wonderful evening. It was unbelievable. Yeah. That really people would come together. I mean, your listeners that don't know, I had throat cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, people kept calling my manager and uh, different artists saying, you know, what, what what's John need? What can we do? Yeah. It's like, we're okay. We're okay. Yeah. God is good, and we're okay. Mm-hmm. And we just kept getting calls and kept getting calls. Brian said, uh, Brian said, we, we, we got to do something. Got to do. We, we just, to give everybody else peace, we got to do something. Yeah. So, and I said, well, I don't want to go to a club. I, I, I don't, yeah. that's just not me, you know. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I don't go to the club. So, um, <laughs> He said, well, we've got an invitation for City Winery to go there. And I was like, wow. That, One of my favorite places to that's, see. That might mm-hmm. be a, a, a good fit. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, we, we, we did, and we kept getting call after call of people who wanted to come and, and do a song. And, and uh, it was, you know, the folks, uh, I, I got a little Silver Eagle bus that I keep up in Gallatin at a little bus lot for a company called uh, uh, Cowboy Cadillac. Oh, cool. And they've, they've got big, you know, Prevo buses up there and stuff. And, and they donated some buses. They sent three buses down to have backstage. Wow. Because backstage at the uh, city winery is kind of small. So they sent some buses down to have backstage. So thanks. Shout out to oh, them cool. again after all these years. Wow. For them to do that, to take the time and money and effort to send three buses down is not a cheap thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, 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 it was just great, and, and and everybody got up and played and and sang, and and um, we mm. were able to. They they raised a lot of money that was went to to me and mm. to help support my me and my family, and we took a chunk of that money and gave to uh, an organization that helps to uh, helps people in the music industry how to go through the process of getting health care. Yeah, is that music? Um, what what's the name of that? Music saves or music cares? Music cares. Music cares. I knew. And and they had less than a year before had helped me and Robin navigate wow. to get health care. And so when the throat cancer popped up, I had already had health care lined up. I was already that's uh, great. insured. That's great. And uh, so there were still out of pocket expenses and, sure, of course, sure. cost of living and, and things yeah. like that, that. That was just a huge benefit. Which, and, how are you today? I mean, you've, yeah. you, did you beat it? It's beat, it? Imagine it's at this time you're done with chemo and everything is good, right? Well, chemotherapy was for eight weeks. Eight weeks? Uh, I had eight treatments of chemotherapy mm. and I had 35 treatments of radiation five oh, days yeah. a week mm. for seven weeks. Had chemo at the beginning or chemo sort of at the after the first week or so mm-hmm. and uh, uh, radiation is, is is awful it's Ugh. draining can't imagine it zaps your energy just sucks the life out of you slowly because mm. uh, chemotherapy on the other hand mm. unbelievably bad mm. that's the worst thing mm. if you know somebody who's going through it and you've never been through it you don't know just pray for them because mm-hmm. it's it's awful it's really awful. People you know, you say, well, you get sick and you start throwing up. And you know, and basically what your body is trying to do is get the poison out of it. Yeah. That's, that, that's what it's trying to do. Mm. And it got so violent. It was just it was mm. yeah. unimaginable. You know? For me, it was just the worst thing ever. So. But you're fine today. Yeah. But Great. I'm here. You know, I'm coming up on uh, 
uh, two years since treatments. I guess treatments ended to be two years ago. This, if I'm, I, I don't, I my time reference is yeah. so bad. Mine too. <laughs> but I think I come. I think this spring will be two years since my radiation chemotherapy all ended. If I'm mm. not mistaken, and uh, it might be three, but uh, I guess it is three. Isn't it? Nineteen, twenty. Mm. Yeah, twenty-three years. Mm-hmm. They're looking for the five-year clean mark. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. And but so far, I go every mm-hmm. six months. They look at me, and the doctors told me. He mm-hmm. said he told me early on. He said, "Go live your life. And Don't worry about this." He said. He said we caught we caught this so early, and uh, I had a tumor in each tonsil. Oh my! Uh, one of them you could see. <laughs> wow. Matter of fact, I told my wife. I said, "Look down my throat. <laughs> look at my tonsil." And she looked down my throat. She said, "She wow. sh- snapped back and said." It was like a tumor. Wow. It was. It was a tumor growing out of my tonsil. Out of your tonsil. Yeah. Mm. It had rubbed against a soft palate in the back of my throat, so they had to scoop some of that out. Oh, boy. Which is, it caused some long-term issues uh-huh. from swallowing. So. Yeah. But then, um, but the, the doctor, he said, we caught this so early. He and said, that's the key. Right? That he said, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. You think something's going on? Go talk to somebody. Yep. Because the early detection with me was the whole thing. Wow. He said, and we've never caught, we've never had anybody where we've caught it as early as we've caught it with you that's come back. Mm. He said, and we've had people that waited longer, mm-hmm. and it, it, it maybe it, there was more to get to than they were realized, or, or it did resurface or something. But at the stage, at the early stage you got me, there was, there was. They've never seen it come back at that early. So that's why he said, "He said, go live your life. Don't, don't, yeah. don't stay awake at night worrying about this." And that's going to change your life when you get that kind of a diagnosis. But uh, yeah. I'm so happy that uh, you got it early. And God is yeah. good, right? God is good all the time. All the time. God so you know, we we got through this thing, and you know, that, and uh, and it's what's is and that part of the story of, of God being so good and God's faithfulness to us mm-hmm. is what is uh, was the catalyst for recording this album. Yeah. Um, and that's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. You. you were going through this, and you discovered this great song, didn't you? Yeah, it, it, near the latter parts of my treatment, when I was still recovering, it was dark. I mean, it, me emotionally, physically, spiritually. I mean, I went down to 147 pounds, oh and that's with a feeding tube. If I hadn't oh, had a feeding God. tube, I probably would have not survived. Mm. Um, but uh, it it was it was uh, it was a dark time. Spirit, like I said, spiritually, emotionally, and I, my manager Brian Smith sent me this song called "Find My Joy." Well, I first saw the title, I said, "What joy?" And I never, right. I didn't listen to it. Oh, man. I didn't listen to it for weeks or months, and then I finally spun it. It was, and I was like, "Oh my God, mm. they're singing my song right here. This is my life." And it was a song written by Steve Dorff. Hall of Fame songwriter. Hall of Fame. He produced it too, didn't he? Didn't and he? he produced this new album. And I mean, he wrote songs like what through the years and trying to think what else. Uh, Kenny Rogers. Kenny, yeah, big songwriter. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, he's written songs for Celine Dion and yeah, and, and just so many people, you know. And, yeah. And uh, yeah, he's in the he's in the Songwriter Hall of Fame, not just country music. He's just in the, the. Songwriter Hall of Fame. Yeah. And um, he's just a wonderful writer, and. Um, 
Oh, his name is right out of my head. Jack Cassidy. Jack Cassidy. Jack yeah. Cassidy co-wrote it, and of course, it's Jack Cassidy. The you know he's in the Cassidy family. Yeah, we're in. not talking the Jack Cassidy, the bassist for yeah, Jethro. Uh, what is it? Uh, Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. I think. And we're, talking we're, talking about, we're talking about the David Cassidy, David Cassidy family, Sean you know, Cassidy. Partridge family. Yes. that family, that yes. Cassidy family, absolutely. And, uh, <clears throat> and he's a young man. He's twenty-two years old. Oh, really? Didn't know. That. And okay. to meet him, you would never know it. Huh. To talk to him, you'd never know it. Uh, because he's just an old soul kid, you wow. know. He's he's uh, had a journey of his own. Yeah, overcome a lot of demons on his own, or with help, but is 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 within himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, has a great relationship with Christ, and he's written some remarkable songs. Matter of fact, I heard a song recently that the two of them wrote together. Had I heard it, had it been written, it had been on this album also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a great piece of music, but. Uh, I was really thrilled to have this this song. I think there might be one more on there that was written by Steve and Jack, but uh, I, have, I have there's uh, three songs for sure on the record that were Steve Dorf songs. Live like you, uh, uh, live like you, yeah. yeah. And, Jack and is that with Jack? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. Great, great song to close the album out with. Yeah. And uh, yeah. uh, and then there's one called Something Bigger Than Me that Steve co-wrote, and. Um, and then there's another song called Blessings that was by another, uh, it was actually an artist in the early 90s. I'm sorry, early, like 10 years ago, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like the around 2010 or so, yeah. had released uh, Laura, Story, Laura Story. And uh, uh, Blessings is, a, is sort of the, it's, it, it describes my life. Oh. Yeah, because some of the great, one of the greatest lines in the song says, some of our greatest blessings. Uh, or, or, or uh, when we get the line straight in my head here, um, some of our greatest disappointments, some of our hardest things we face in our lives, can turn out to be the greatest blessings. There's a lot of truth in that line. Oh yeah, 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 a lot of truth. Yeah. So this album is out right now. People can pick it up. It's uh, the album is called "Find My Joy," right? And, and you've got uh, some um, traditional gospel songs that you've oh, yeah. reworked, and some of these new songs too. Yeah. Um, so, what an interesting project. Um, well, we we I've been wanting to cut it for years, and we've actually mm-hmm. tried a couple of times. Yeah. Um, not being able to quite find the right mix mm-hmm. of things, mm-hmm. um, because I I always wanted to record it. As an extension of my Christmas music, yeah, and because the Christmas music we've recorded over the years, oh yeah, I have to credit Chuck Howard uh, with you know cutting it because when 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 we first talked to Capitol about cutting a, Christ, a Christmas record years ago, I'm sure they were expecting, you know, you know, uh, Grandma got run over <laughs> by a reindeer, you know, something like that, and we come in with. Oh holy, oh, holy night, night which and is the come best Emmanuel. version ever. Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah. come Emmanuel, mm-hmm. and and all these songs with John Chetchings playing cello and Connie Ellisor oh. on violin, yeah. and and it sounding very big and dramatic and not country at all. And the label was like, "What are Whoa. you talking about? Oh. We, we can't do that." Oh. And and they, and I don't know if you know the history. There's a couple of things about that recording. Hmm. We recorded it June, around June. Uh, it always seems like you cut the Christmas records in the summer. <laughs> well, you do because you, do, you, you want to get it out. And it has to be on <laughs> yeah. the market in August right. to right. get out for the holiday. But we, we actually, we had a session set uh-huh. for around June. I want to say it was June 8th. Mm-hmm. 
um, of, of 94. Okay. I remember that because they came back, they, they ended up wanting to cancel the session, but, but I said I needed the distraction because May 10th I had brain surgery, Man. which I don't recommend unless you really need it. I really needed it. Oh, my God. So we had so less than a month later, we're in the studio recording "O Come, o Come All You Faithful" and I'm sorry, "O Come Emmanuel" and "O Holy Night." And the emotion in the room was so thick; it was, and to me, that's the key to recording. Whatever the emotion that song carries, how much of that can you create mm. in the room? How much fun? Was Garth Brooks having when they cut Friends in Low Places? Uh, can you that twenty years later you still get it? Yeah, when you listen. Yeah, you're right. You see you're what right. I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Same thing with this. Mm-hmm. Oh, Holy Night was such an emotional day mm. that you could just feel it. And now you put the disc on, and if you listen closely, no matter how big you think my voice is singing, there's a frail, scared little voice in there. Yeah, that just 28 days before had brain surgery mm. and wasn't sure. Connie Ellisor, her violin kept going out of tune. And Chuck said, Connie, what is up with your violin? Mm. She said, well, I'm sitting in here listening to John sing this song, knowing that last month we were praying he would survive. And she said, it's just so emotional. She mm. said, there's tears running down my face and they're falling on my instrument making it go out. That's the stuff you can't make up. Mm-mm. That's the stuff that when you're cutting friends in little places, it's so much fun. 25 years later, people still hear it. That's the stuff that when you spin Oh Holy Night, you don't know why it's emotional. You don't know why it connects with your spirit, but that's why. I've heard that song thousands of times, but I will never hear it again yeah. and, and not think about that story. Yeah. And and so listen to it and, and listen to it. See if you don't hear this 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 little voice in there that's just like not real sure mm-hmm. if I'm gonna pull this off or not. Wow, you know, and so Incredible. we just we captured something. You don't you can't you can't manu- you can't manufacture. No, you you can't. can't bring fifty people in and make it sound like a party. Nope. Yeah, you know, and and it really be a party. Yeah, you know, it has to really be what it is. You're, you're so completely right. authentic. Yeah, and that's what we captured that day. Mm-hmm. So when you listen to Oh Holy Night record, it came out in nineteen. I guess the album came out in nineteen ninety five. That here, that's a lot of years later. Mm. Twenty two doesn't seem like I don't it know, to me. A bunch of years later, <laughs> yeah. there's still that, you know, and 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 that's probably the way it is when when you listen to uh, uh, Holman Brothers at Fillmore East. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, great album. A lot of a lot of folks don't know what I'm talking about, but when uh-huh. you listen to that record and you you, you hear Whipping Post, yeah, you know, they mean it, man, and you feel it, you know, and that's the difference is is cutting records. That are overdubbed to death. Oh, yeah. Or cutting records that you capture something remarkable. And that one did. Oh, yeah. Holy Night did. Now, you had a big uh, orchestra in on one of the songs on this new album, too, didn't you? Did I read uh, like a 60-piece orchestra or something? Well, that's on the song <clears throat> Something Bigger Than Me. Something Bigger Than Me. Yeah. And Something Bigger Than Me is with the Utah Symphony. Oh, wow. And it's a track that Steve <laughs> had in the can. And they just had to do a little digital work to make sure my key was just right. Yeah. And which is remarkable that they could do that. Mm. And uh, and it's just a lovely piece. Lovely. And just the whole title, Something Bigger Than Me, is just oh, like, yeah. you know, it's just, 
Absolutely. What a, what a beautiful message in that song. And and uh, like I said, that's, that's one of the the uh, there's four newer songs. Being that one being one of them, and and uh, three of which Steve wrote, and which is one of him he wrote. What a project! And, uh, mm. What a record! Yeah. yeah. And uh, to to cut that song, I, I mean, the first time I heard the song, I was like, "Whoa, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no brainer, yeah, no brainer." <laughs> yeah. And uh, it just this record's got a, a lot of songs that really speak to my heart. I don't know. I hope they'll speak to other people's hearts. And somebody asked me, they said, what's your goal on this record? My goal is just for, because so many Americans, so many people of our culture have been brought up going to church as youngsters. Mm-hmm. And they had that level of faith instilled in them at young ages and stuff. Oh, yeah. and, it, and through the years that's waned for whatever reason. I just hope it'll remind them of something greater in their life that maybe is not. Sounds like a great goal to me, you know, John. And, and it really just, does. Just where people can listen to it and just go, you know. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they'll maybe they'll dive in a little deeper and take take a second look at something that at one time was uh, a life changer for for some period of time, and for some reason or another, they've you know got busy with work and marriage and children and. Almost life. back to where we started with the life-changing songs. So yeah, yeah, how so. about you share a song from that? Can you can you play anything from that with us today? Um, Am I putting you on the spot? I could play a little bit of an old hymn for you. Oh, that'd be great. That would be wonderful. I, I, I hope to fumble around. My my fingers have gotten so... Something about the weather, or <laughs> they've gotten so hard, and my, and my, and my pick gets so slippery <laughs> in my hand. It's crazy. But... Yeah. We've had crazy weather here in Nashville. Oh, it's seventy-one yeah. day, and yeah, but, then but, raining like but crazy. But it's gray day. and wet, so it's back to Nashville winter normal. <laughs> it is, isn't so, it? Gray and wet. Gray and wet. But this song was what was uh, my mom's favorite hymn, and that's a good Southern thing to do: sing mama's favorite hymn. You know? Oh but, yeah. But but it's a song that that just means so much to me, and and. Uh, um, it was great to get to re- to re-record this song. I recorded it on an earlier gospel project I did years ago, but it was great to re-record it and have Steve do such a beautiful string arrangement for it mm-hmm. and a uh, beautiful piano arrangement for it. And, but I, I can pick through it a little bit here. And, uh... You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste. Of glory divine, air of salvation, purchased of God. 
born of his spirit, washed in his blood. And this is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. All is at rest I and my Savior Am happy and blessed I keep watching and waiting Looking above Filled with His goodness Lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. Yeah. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Praising my Savior all the day long. John Barry is our guest. The Songwriter Connection Podcast. The new record is called Find My Joy, and I hope you will find it wherever you get your music. It is a a record that I think the world needs to hear right now. And John, we thank you for being on the show. So good to have you here. What a treat. Yeah. You know, I understand you're doing a podcast of your own now, huh? Tell us about us. Plug the podcast. Tell yeah. us, tell well, us my wife it. and I are doing it. <clears throat> you and Robin, right? Yeah, my wife, Robin. We've been married for um, coming up on 34 years. Wow, wonderful. And... Um, some days she would say wonderful. Some days <laughs> not so. Um, <laughs> I think my, Patty would say the same yeah. thing. I think. What was I thinking? <laughs> and um, but it's the first time we've done something just absolutely like shared stage. I mean, she's been singing backup yeah, with me she's for saying, years. Right, right, right. She's sang on a bunch of my records over the years, and uh, you know, yeah. But doing something where. You know, it's it's us together, and uh, so right. it's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a for the first year we did it. It was a subscription, and we got it to a place now. Um, we've we've taken a, a little break from it for since November, and it'll be coming back out uh, here in the next thirty forty five days. That's great. It's called Faith, Family, and Friends. Wonderful. And our our goal for the show is to have guests come on and share how their faith, their family, and their friends That's have impa- impacted their lives and their careers. Wow, that's and uh, one of our uh, we've had some wonderful guests 
on our show that we're going to be rebroadcasting a bunch of the interviews that we've done. They're not interviews, they're conversations, just like here. Just like here, yeah. And, um, uh, and, and, and one of them is the uh, uh, last conversation on record with Charlie Daniels. Yeah, I read about and, that. Uh, and mm. we, I think it was on the uh, July 1st oh, that God. we chatted. And just a few days later, Charlie passed away. And it was such a remarkable conversation. And, of course, I didn't listen to it mm-hmm. for a couple of months after, because I just couldn't. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I couldn't. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't a close friend of Charlie, though I knew Charlie okay. Uh, we were managed by David Corlew and Corlew O'Grady Management uh, for the first five years of my, my Nashville career. When I signed with Capital, and so I was out at, at at their farm at Charlie's place. At their office is there on uh, uh, Central Pike, mm-hmm. and, and quite often, and uh, and got to know Charlie on you know a, a nice level. That was always very kind to me, and always kind to everybody. Oh, he was. You know, like, uh, oh. And uh, and to us radio folks too. He just, yeah, he was just a just joy. a kind Loved man, that. just yeah. a kind kind man, and it was just a. So we chatted as, as a couple of guys who'd known each other off and on for a long, long time, yeah. and, and 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 of course he he loved Robin and and uh, and loved talking with her and and in the first, I think it's seventeen minutes he mentions being in heaven three times. Oh, wow! And talks about talks about his Twin Pines Ranch, mm. how much he loves it there. He said, "You know, but there's some place I'm looking forward to being in more than between pines." Wow. And they tell us about being in heaven, and it gives and, me chills to yeah. think about that. And uh, so we, when I edited it, um, the only thing I edited in the entire conversation was just a couple fumbles up I made, mm. and just sort of cleaned all that stuff up a little bit. But I, but it was the last words he ever spoke that are on record of a recording of, of of any time like that. So I wanted everybody to hear everything he had to say. That's so, a conversation that yeah, I get to hear. It's a conversation. Yeah. So. Watch for that podcast, those yeah. faith, family, and friends, John and Robin Barry. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really great. Yeah, so we're excited about that, getting that back out there and letting people hear some you know good conversations with some talented people. And uh, we've got uh, uh, Randy and Darla Hartley, who are the folks that lived the story for the movie Beautifully Broken, oh. which I had a song in at the end of the film. Um, if your listeners have not ever seen the movie Beautifully Broken, see if you can't find it on Amazon Prime. It might still be there. Uh, wonderful true story of three families, a family in uh, Brentwood, Tennessee, and two families in Rwanda, Africa. Wow. And how God intertwined their lives in different ways that they affected each other's lives so much and literally, in one of the cases, literally saved their life. And uh, it's it's really a great story. Great and, story, yeah. And to, Chuck Howard produced the movie and asked me if I'd sing this song at the end of the, the song, Beautifully Broken. It's a beautiful song, yeah. It's a great song. Yeah. Actually, there's three versions of it at the end of the uh, uh Plum has a version, C.C. Winans, and myself. So you got you got to wait till the very end to hear me. Uh-huh. I, I mean, very end. <laughs> and uh, uh, that's the feature, I think, in a film when the last the uh, credits are rolling, and that that's the song right there. Usually, yeah. yeah. But you know, it's funny that that song was written by Jenny Slate Lee, who lives in Gallatin. Oh wow! And 
you know, it, it, there, it, there's some. Can I tell you something really sure. kind of crazy? Please. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing spiritual. I don't think about this or grandiose or anything. Uh-huh. I just find it really amazing that um, when she was like four years old, she was at studio with her dad, mm-hmm. uh, who was producing Joe Diffie. Oh, <laughs> okay, and they produced a song on a record called "Ships That Don't Come In." Written by Dave Gibson. Yeah. Great song. I was driving home late night, February, I think it was 92. I was hoping you were going to tell this story. And I hear the DJ come on and say, y'all turn it up. Got a brand new special song from Joe Diffie. And I turn, I love Joe. Yeah. I turn the radio up and Joe sings Ships That Don't Come In. Great song. I had to pull over. That's a pullover on the side of the road song, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. This is a life-changing song for me. I hear him sing that line, and to those who stand on empty shores and spit against the wind, and those who wait forever for ships that don't come in. It occurred to me for the first time ever, here I am, I'm in my 30s at this point, maybe all I'd ever be is a guy playing clubs in Athens, Georgia. Mm. I mean, I was doing good. I, was, I had a, By the time we left there, we had a 150-acre farm. Well. A little farmhouse Thanks. we built, had our three children. Wow. You know, we had a little RV. We'd go play clubs and go play places. Athens was our hub, and we kind of take the spokes out to go to different towns and play, you know. <laughs> Athens is a great music town, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, oh yeah. 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 And alternative music mainly. Yeah. People refer R-E-M. to me as alternative to the alternative. <laughs> there you go. And uh, <laughs> But this song, we, I, I, t- I woke Robin up. I got home late that night, and I woke her up. I told her about this song of Joe's I'd heard. And I said, I've dreamed bigger than this. Mm-hmm. I've dream, I've dreamed bigger than just being a, a, a guy playing, you know, being a big fish in a little bitty pond. So we stayed up and we came up with an, a thought, a, a plan mm-hmm. to come to Nashville every six weeks for a year. Yeah. And do little industry showcases and see if we could garner some attention. If we couldn't, we'd go back home and make the most of what we got. Mm-hmm. If we could, we'll move on with that. So we did our first industry sh- industry showcase in spring of 92 at Douglas Corner. No, I loved that place. Uh, Missed that place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got got that invitation showcase list that everybody uses. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 250 people or so on. The industry, the, the, industry, the industry people you want to come. Right. Uh, sent out those invitations uh, two weeks before, then came up and did our showcase. Out of those 250 people, there were some uh, a few friends from Nashville, a few regulars that come to Douglas Corner to see what's going on. And off that list of 250, Herky Williams showed up. <laughs> One guy. One guy. One guy. Probably a lot of interns, too. They do that, too. Those well, I didn't, I didn't see him. But anyway. <laughs> anyway but, <laughs> this guy shows up. But Herky shows up. Herky had heard about me from his sister, ah. who was at University of Georgia. And they had come down to see my friends, the Normal Town Flyers, one night, several months prior or a year prior. Okay. And they had heard about me and had come by the club to see me a couple of times that night, but couldn't get in because of the line down the street. Wow. <laughs> so when he got the invitation to come to our little showcase, he was there. Nice. And he, we spoke, went and got, went, hit the Waffle House afterwards, and then <laughs> calls me the next morning. He, he says, hey, Bowen wants you to come over for brunch. I said, dude, we're in Athens. <laughs> He said, what? I said, yeah, we couldn't afford hotel rooms. We drove back to <laughs> drove Athens back. after the show. Oh, so, so they ended up setting up a private showcase for me to come back to Nashville and oh, do a my. showcase for Bowen. And John Huey from CAA came. Mm. And David Corlew, Charlie Daniels' manager, came. All these and, big shots. Yeah. Uh, and so they came. We played our six or seven songs. <laughs> and my wife, Robin, was singing with us and all. Cool. And uh, afterwards, Bowen got up and 
thanked us for putting it all together. He's and he, they chatted for a minute. He he looked at me and uh, he said, uh, "I guess you came here looking for a record deal, didn't you?" I said, "Yes, sir, I did." He said, "Corley, you're going to represent him." And Corley looked at me. I said, "Good with me." And uh, and he said, "Yes, sir, I'm going to." He said, "You call me. Let's put this deal together." Wow. And he shook my hand, and with that, he was out the door. And I mean, it was like a it was like a you know. <laughs> Of course, that, in in those days, uh, granted, they were throwing spaghetti against the wall, see what stuck. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and what, what what's going to stick on the wall? And I was one of those spaghettis, and it, it, that it, stuck. That stuck at least uh, so far. What an incredible and, story! Your first showcase, and you get a record deal. Yeah, and yeah. And, and and Mr. O'Grady, who was David uh, David Corley's partner, today, he he passed away a few years ago, was a uh, uh, a very Irish man. <laughs> yeah. Who was a very successful man in in business, and uh, he put his arm around my shoulder. He said, "I bet you're wondering why you hadn't been here before. Mm. This seemed pretty easy, didn't it?" <laughs> I said, "Well, it's a little scary." He goes, "Well," he said, "Forget all the past stuff." He said, "Tonight the stars lined up." Well, wow. he said, "You might have done this a hundred other times, but he said tonight was your night." So another God thing, huh? Yeah. So he said, "Don't worry about the rest of it." He said. Don't worry about why you didn't come before. He said, it might not happen before. Mm-hmm. And if you come before, it might not happen tonight. Mm-hmm. So you came tonight. Tonight was your night. So, And, uh, and you were off, man. So it was great. And uh, it, it, was a, it was a good thing. And and, uh, and and Chuck Howard was at the showcase as well. And, and so Chuck ended up producing my first, all my Capitol records, you know. So That's great. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Good stuff. Great story. I absolutely love that. But, but. I, I, I think I got off track. I was talking about the ships that don't come in. Ships so. that don't come in, yeah. And 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 Jenny Slate Lee, that was in a little girl from Gatlin when she was a little Gatlin, girl. Right, she yeah. was in the studio. Mm-hmm. Then all the, and this light, this song that changed my life. Mm-hmm. Then all these years later, I get a call to sing a song in this movie, mm-hmm. "Beautifully Broken." Yeah, and I had my first top thirty song on country radio again in twenty years. Wow. <laughs> Written by Jenny Slate Lee. Let's some other things come around. I mean, yeah. just... Here's this little girl who all those years ago was on a recording session with her dad, just being a kid, coloring pictures or something. On the of a, song of that a changed song your life. That ter- changed my life. Yeah. And then turned, and she ends up writing a song that, that gave another, threw another change in there. Again. You know, I got another. That. Again. You know, yeah. Yeah, that that's crazy? crazy. Yeah, that's that's a great story. So it's just one of those really cool moments when I when I look really at is. when you start looking back at the picture, uh-huh. all the little all the little sprockets and all the wheels and all the things that turn, and how it all comes together and makes makes things happen. The guy who wrote that song or co-wrote it, uh, Dave Gibson, yeah. <clears throat> he used to come down and visit us up and visit us in, in uh, Cincinnati all the time. I was the yeah. coordinator of NSAI up there. Me and a good friend, uh, and Dave would come up and do shows and, and, and things for us. I think we did an, We might have done. A, a, I used to do a TV uh, interview show up there on cable, and I think he may have done that with us. But uh, I'm wondering if he knows that story, John. Did, have you met? Do you know Dave Gibson? Gibson Miller Band and yeah, I, I had an opportunity to share that story with d- him did you? a few years ago. Had to blow him away. Yeah, and and I got to share it with Joe uh-huh. at the Opry. Oh wow! Uh, maybe um, uh, a year before he died. Something. Uh-huh. Yeah. So many years later, and, and 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 both of those fellows, it was really hard for me to share. It, it was just yeah. Mm. You know, it's one of those stories that's it's just especially when you're talking to people yeah. who've done something. You know, Dave Gibson wrote this. He wrote a song that changed the direction of my life. Yeah. That's what a song can do, folks. You know? Yeah. And Joe Diffie recorded and sang a song, song. that changed the direction of my life. 
I still can't believe. When you're talking to people like that and you're sharing that with them, or even when you're just talking about it with you hitting it at the dining room table, it's very emotional. It is. Yeah, to to think that you know, and I've I've had people tell me that your love amazes me has done that, or standing on the edge of the bomb made them realize that they were standing in that place and. Mm. And they don't want to be in that place. And they yeah. turn their they turn their lives around and got their marriage back together. And, you know, <laughs> and that's 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 huge to me. So you, you may have noticed that I've been biting my lip this whole time because I mean, so many of these stories just want to put me on the edge of tears. So yeah, uh, yeah such a pleasure. Well, I am sponsored by Kleenex, <laughs> and I got them here just in case. <laughs> How about another song, my friend? Sure. What mm-hmm. can I play for you, man? Let me think of what I can do here. That might be a Keep talking about standing on the edge, do you? I can play that one. Man, love that song. Always love that song. Played that a few thousand times on the radio. I've held her close And we've misplaced feelings That we used to know Thought I could see Between the lines I read But I wasn't ready When she turned to me and said
What a song, Sitting on the Edge of Goodbye, co-written by the artist John Barry, our guest. And uh, songwriters, there's a lesson in that, you know. I don't know a songwriter in this town that doesn't have pieces of songs, you know, <laughs> in their heads or on, oh, yeah. uh, you know, on their recordings, on their phone or whatever, and just waiting to be finished. And you had, yeah. you had that course for how long? About a, about a year and a half. About a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And finally... <laughs> Got to go with the right guy, and an hour later, boom, we're done. And a big hit. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't tell you what a pleasure it was to just sit down and talk with you a little That's bit, John. And, uh, man, I wish you all the best with this new record. Like I say, I think it's one that people need to hear right now. Find My Joy is the record. It's out there. I tell you, I tell you, some of the songs, um, we, we had a um, beautiful string section yeah. that joined us. And, and like on the song, uh, Great Is Thy Faithfulness, mm-hmm. which really is a special song to me and Robin, um, uh, when the string section comes in, every time I just about Cry. tears fall. It's just so beautiful. <clears throat> and the string arrangements are so beautiful. And some of these songs, you know, I, I, admittedly, uh, Steve Dorff was not familiar with. Uh, being a Jewish man growing up in New York City, mm-hmm. he didn't hear a lot of Southern Baptist hymns, right. you know. Yeah. And he heard these songs, and he's like, wow, these melodies are so beautiful. And he brought to the table this element that I could never have brought. This this orchestration level of, of music musicality mm-hmm. that he has, and and it's just so beautiful. So the arrangements are so lovely, mm-hmm. and uh, and most of us just you know like piano and strings or piano and bass, a little bit of drums, a little bit of guitars, mm-hmm. string section, and then we got we've got a. a uh, a, a nice little choir that joins us on How Great Thou Art and a couple of oh, others. And, one of my all-time favorites. And, uh, so yeah. it, it really it came yeah. out nice. I'm real. I'm really pleased with it, really happy. You can tell that, you're proud of this record. To do it. And, yeah. and Steve Dorff, all, all credit goes to him and his, his uh, ability to uh, take an idea and just go with it. And, Genius, huh? Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's awesome. You're on the socials. People can follow you. John Berry Music. John Berry Music. And your webpage? johnberry.com johnberry.com check it out john berry our guest on the songwriter connection john thank you so much good to be with you say a little robin for us okay i was was, uh, i was really hoping she'd she'd come along today yeah me too love to meet her too thank you for listening to the songwriter connection podcast find us on social media at songwriter connection also listen to dave lanahan's nashville connections radio show it streams live every friday morning on wobl and wnoi Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection.